You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. Today, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. I've done quite a bit of research on this, and I've been teaching puppy classes for over 20 years, and I've seen quite a difference in the puppy classes now compared to what they were 20 years ago. So the question I always ask is, do the risks outweigh the benefits of puppy training or socialization classes. They shouldn't. A well-run puppy kindergarten class can definitely get your puppies off to a good start. However, understanding dog social behavior is crucial. It's a very, very important part of a successful class. So you have to know who's teaching that class and what their level of experience is. But then who's coming to class and what is being taught? Are the trainers interpreting the behaviors and interactions correctly? That's an important question because it can have an everlasting effect on your dog if it's not done properly. Do the trainers understand and implement proper socialization techniques? I've seen a massive increase in dog-dog aggression. So my question to myself was, can puppy classes be contributing to this? And if so, where have we gone wrong as professionals? Or my next question to myself was, is it becoming more difficult to find a good puppy? When you get a puppy, how do you know if the puppy's exhibiting, quote, normal, unquote, behavior? Or is the behavior over the top, uh, asocial? And maybe this puppy was not a good choice for your family. So what could have gone wrong and what do we do? So if you're interested in this, don't go away. I'm going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com 
Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Hi, welcome back. This is Pia Salvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm talking today about what the topic is, what I call uh, devil puppies. So why and how are people selecting pets? And this is anecdotal, obviously, in today's society. But these are just some things that I've heard people say. Pet shops, which I do discourage highly because the majority of these pets do come from puppy mills. So people say it was an impulse buy. A dog for the dog, a dog for the kids. We felt sorry for him. That's not a way to get a puppy. The quiet one in the corner. All of these are red flags to me. So, where are these puppies coming from, possibly? We've got to take a look. When you're, you've got to be careful. Do your research. Again, I discourage anybody to go to pet shops. If you want to get a particular type of dog, what you might want to do is do your research for good breeding or always, always, always make sure that you take a look at shelters. These are the dogs that puppies that need good homes. I've seen a huge increase in fashion breeds, what I call the new pet dog. Sometimes on websites, it says good with kids, Probably every breed of dog now says good with kids (laughs) when I read it. So how do we know the dog is going to be good with kids? We don't know that. So that's a critical key factor. Behaviors, when we think of behaviors, behaviors come from many different things. Genetics, the environment in which the dog is living, and experience. So all of those three things are key to the behaviors of dogs. So, the number one thing we have to take a look at is socialization. And if I'm going to define socialization, I define it as getting your puppy out to have good experiences in the world to gain confidence. Not simply getting your puppy out to experience the world. If your puppy is having bad experiences when you're getting the puppy out to socialize them, that is not socialization. Okay, That could be trauma. So there is a very small window of opportunity, unfortunately, where you have an everlasting emotional and cognitive effect on your dog. And that's between the age of 3 to 12 and maybe up to 16 weeks. Whatever the puppy learns during that particular time has an everlasting effect on the entire life of the dog. So it's critical that you try to get that window of opportunity to socialize and then it rapidly closes thereafter. Once the pup reaches 18 weeks of age, 
socialization closes, making it more difficult, if not impossible, to train a dog to enjoy the world and those that are in it. Now, with some remedial training, yes, you can, but you're never going to erase from the slate what that puppy has learned during that period of time. So maybe, for example, you made attempts to socialize the puppy and it resulted in a fearful experience. Maybe the puppy was reluctant to approach. Maybe you saw some hyperactivity or rigidity when you brought the puppy out. If that occurs too frequently during the socialization period, the puppy might develop abnormally. They might develop lifelong deficits and dysfunctional behaviors when they lack those good experiences. And if the puppy were isolated, you're going to get a a dog later on that has poor learning and inability to cope. And you might get some behavioral disabilities that develop later on in life as well. So what's normal versus abnormal behavior in puppies? And when should you possibly be concerned and seek the help of a professional? Well, here are some ideas for you to look at. Okay, and I find these to be red flags. And when any of my students or clients come in and they say, my puppy's doing this, I always recommend that they do a private consultation so we can look into it deeper. Now, the first is a lack of ability to pet, handle, or snuggle with the puppy. So, yes, a puppy, they should struggle. I mean, that's not uncommon. They're going to be mouthy, without a doubt. They're their puppies. Remember, they don't have hands. They don't use their hands. They use their mouth. So, they're going to be some mouthiness. However, they shouldn't be growling, snarling, snapping, and biting. Anytime you go up to possibly pick the puppy up, hug the puppy, snuggle with it, or even just pet the puppy. Okay, so if you feel like, again, your puppy's teeth are sharp too. So yes, for example, they might end up breaking your skin, the needle sharp, but they shouldn't be biting so hard that it really hurts and you're getting injured. So look for excessive mouthing or biting. That's atypical. It's not your typical puppy mouthing. Typical puppy mouthing should be a puppy puts mouth on you and you might like, you know, hey, out that hurts and the puppy stops or you put something in the dog's mouth and said and immediately the puppy's redirected that's fine another red flag is the puppy starts to growl when you disturb him so maybe the puppy is resting and you go to pet the puppy or you go to pick the puppy up and all of a sudden you get a lip curl a hard look or a growl or even an air snap that's something to be concerned about. Okay? Don't blame yourself by saying, I must have startled the puppy. Puppies, again, if they were handled in the litter, I've picked up sleeping puppies and sometimes they don't even wake up or they should just lay there calmly. If they do wake up, they should be kissing you, licking you. They shouldn't go into a wild temper tantrum when you wake them up. Any kind of food bowl issues or you go near the puppy when the puppy's eating and the puppy eats faster or he pushes his head into the bowl and he freezes and he gives you sort of like a whale eye look threatening you don't you dare come near my bowl or he takes his head out of the bowl and he snaps that's serious that's something that has to be worked on do not take the food bowl away to prove that you can take the bowl away you've just now proven to the puppy that the behavior he exhibited by threatening you was right because you are going to take it. Also, if he's chewing on a bone, 
or he's got something in his mouth and he takes it maybe underneath the cocktail table or underneath a piece of furniture and you can't get him out and he's growling and he's fearful or extreme fear of other dogs and strangers or even a combination of those. So those are the red flags that I want you to look for when you're dealing with puppies. Again, people say, what could have caused that? Well, we really don't know. But lack of early experience during the critical period is probably one of the main reasons. Incomplete socialization. Again, maybe you started off on the right foot and then you stopped. So many times now, and if you go to the American Veterinary Association page, they do have a statement out that more animals are euthanized each year as the result of behavior problems and not illness. So we need to get our puppies out there as soon as possible to get them socialized and not wait until they're 16 weeks of age. It's absolutely, again, just too late. So take a look at your home environment also. What is the puppy learning at home? You know, is this puppy a ticking time bomb for the future? Or are other dogs maybe in your puppy class affecting how your dog is is acting? So ask yourself a few questions. These are some questions that I have to think about. Where is my puppy from? Was it just sort of an impulse buy? Did you have a bad feeling about it when you brought that puppy home or when you were about to pick up your puppy? Did you get your puppy from a breeder? And then the breeder said, sorry, the parents aren't on site. There is no litter. Or did you meet halfway? What age did you obtain the puppy from? So maybe you missed out on that socialization time. Doesn't mean that the puppy can't, again, can't be socialized, but don't blame yourself. You had no control over that. Does the puppy play with other dogs? And if so, who? Are you bringing your puppy to a dog park or daycare and your puppy is getting pummeled or learning bad manners? That can come about. So we want to be careful about that. And children's involvements. Again, are your expectations unrealistic also? So other red flags too. He spends a lot of time under the furniture. Why? Puppies should be running all over the place. Hey, you should always be saying, where is that puppy? If he's not sleeping, he should be near you. So if he spends a lot of time in hiding, that's a red flag. Or he hides with bones, toys, or other resources. When I give my dogs any type of a bone, they might take it to their bed because they're comfortable there. Or they just eat the cookie wherever I give it to them, their biscuit. Or they just sort of take it out into the middle of the room and they start chewing on their bones. If your puppy's hiding with it, taking it into his crate, again, that's a red flag. He's saying that there's something in the environment that's stressing him. I hear people say the puppy fools around during grooming. Well, I always like to know what fooling around means. Is he really fooling around or is he saying, stop touching me? Another red flag. I always get concerned when a puppy has no interest in people or other dogs. He might avoid one or more of them. They should be running up to people. They should be silly. They should make you laugh. Puppies should not stress you out to the point where you think, this doesn't feel right. Seek help if it doesn't feel right. One more thing also before we go to break. The word tolerates. He tolerates children. He tolerates being touched. That's not a good word when it comes to puppies. They should enjoy being held. They should enjoy being handled. They should enjoy being touched. So make sure that you have this silly, fun, crazy little puppy that's running all over the place that 
your house training and of course he might be picking things up however you shouldn't have concerns you shouldn't feel frustrated so don't go away we're going to talk a little bit more about this so we're going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors okay class grab your tuna flakes biscuits and bones teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux, you can even go naked like your pets. Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw in the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Hi, welcome back. This is Pia, your host on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. We're talking today about um, what we call devil puppies. Who are they and what's going on? What are those red flags? 
real important for you to be aware of. There are needs versus wants. And if you're continually catering to your puppy's wants, and if you feel that you're saying quite often, but he wants, he wants, he wants, and you're saying that want word too often, that puppy could be teaching you real well how he's going to control the environment and how you interact. So what are needs? To me, these are six things that I've come up when I think about what an animal or a dog needs. The first is exercise. They really have to have exercise, just like children. If children are sitting in front of the computer or the television all the time and not getting an ounce of exercise, not only are they going to obviously be overweight, but the serotonin is never kicking in in their brain. And I can remember when I was a child, we always were told to go out and play. And it felt good. We were tired then. Dogs are the same way. When they're exercised, they're tired. When puppies are exercised, they nap. So they need exercise. Social time. Social time is critical. Dogs are social animals. They should be able to be with the members of the family as often as possible. If they're living their life in a crate or always put away, they're not going to be very social with others. Routine. Consistency. Boundaries guidelines, all of that, that they need that just like children. If you keep them on a routine and you're consistent and the children know the rules, they know the boundaries, they're going to be much more well-mannered because they're not guessing. So make sure early on you're putting your puppy on that routine. I feel that puppies also need quiet time, peaceful time. So if you have a house full of children, they've got to learn to leave the puppy alone. So maybe you need a spot where your puppy, a crate in a quiet room where your puppy can get away from all of the hustle and bustle of the house. Survival needs, obviously food, health care, water, shelter. I highly discourage you leaving a dog outside. If the dog is outside for any period of time, make sure the dog is safe. Any animal can come in to the dog at any time. So I do not like dogs tethered outside. The dog cannot escape. I've heard so many nightmare stories of dogs being tethered outside and attacked by other animals, other dogs and other animals, and they had no means of escaping. Even with electronic fences, your dog might stay behind that fence, but it doesn't mean other animals are not going to come in. So think about that. Now, when your puppy is playing, say you're taking your puppy to a play class, things for you to watch out for critical if your instructor is not looking for it. Is another puppy in that class showing signs of bullying? So is your puppy showing signs of distress as the result of it? If at any time your puppy is showing any signs of distress, remove the puppy from the situation. If you truly feel that that puppy is upset and not enjoying the situation that he's in at that time, remove him. If an instructor challenges you on that, go with your gut. That's my recommendation. Go with your gut. Is there excessive mounting or other types of challenges? A little bit of mounting comes into play, but not too much. So if your puppy's continually being mounted by another dog, or if your puppy is mounting the other dog, I will interrupt that. 
excessive vertical play that lasts for more than a few seconds. So sometimes you'll see them. Puppies should be rolling around. They should be putting their mouths all over and and feel the other puppies. Their necks should be wet. That means they're exhibiting bite inhibition. Or if you hear a little yelp, that means that the playmate maybe bit a little bit too hard at that particular time. But they learn from that. That's an experience that next time I go back, I have to just be a little softer with my mouth. But if you start to see this vertical play, sort of like chest butting, that's going to escalate into something we don't want. Next is excessive vocalization. Good play is quiet. And once again, I want to go back to children. When you think about children playing on the playground, they can be laughing. They can be giggling. You're going to hear some noise, but it shouldn't be so loud that it's ear piercing. So if you've got one animal in there, one dog in there that's barking frantically, growling, barking, harsh, deep tones. Again, I interrupt that. When they're playing, also there should be lots of pauses. There should be interruptions and pauses. It should be stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. It shouldn't be constant. If it's constant, I would give them a little break, get them to settle down, their arousal levels going too high, and get them to settle down. Can you interrupt dog-dog interactions with dog-human play? important. You don't want your dog or your puppy to think that other dogs are much more important than you. So make your sessions brief and make sure that the puppy is getting enough play with you. I would say a good balance of play between dog-dog and dog-human. And obviously, if they're competing for a resource, that's a big red flag. So if there is a dog in class that's always maybe taking a toy and running around with it and then growls at the other pups for trying to get it, I would remove that resource. So if you feel that, again, any time that you feel that your puppy's being bullied, intervene early. You don't want it to end up into something and you don't want it to be a bad experience. So it's typically rare with a puppy that adults will bully them. But a lot of times you'll see a bully in the group and you can sort of test it by say the so-called bully what you might want to do is just take hold of that the bully's collar and pull him back for a second and see what happens and is he turning around is he mouthing you is he getting ticked off because he can't get back at your puppy or that puppy if he immediately darts back then you know that the dog is bullying so that's not going to be good so be careful with that it's critical So let's just say that you do bring your dog to your puppy to a dog park. Make sure if you're bringing your puppy to a dog park that you're in an area where there are other puppies or very, very social dogs where you know those dogs. You don't want your puppy to be attacked, obviously, upon entering the dog park. That's going to have an everlasting effect on the puppy. What is he learning and from whom? Is he running with the big guys and he's out of control and maybe now you take him to your puppy class and now he seems to be out of control there. And I like puppies to play with adult dogs, but it shouldn't be out of control. It shouldn't be constant running. Uh, many times I've heard people say, oh, he just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. But was he running away was my question. So was he enjoying it? So always think to yourself, that doesn't necessarily mean because the puppy's running that he's enjoying himself. So if we're going to sum it up, basically what I tell people, 
good puppies, when we think about good-natured puppies, we want a puppy that you can easily pick up, that you can easily handle, that has a nice off switch that's not on all the time. The puppy doesn't exhibit any type of threatening behavior. Again, when I call threatening behavior, I mean he's curling a lip, he's growling, a hard stare, air snapping, even biting. I mean, when I'm talking about biting, I'm not talking about your typical puppy mouthing and teething. It's serious. They should easily allow you to pick up the bowl. But this is not something you need to test to prove that you can take the bowl away. I might do this a few times with a puppy. But what I typically do is I pick the bowl up and I might put a little bit of dollop of yogurt or a little cottage cheese or sprinkle a little something in there and give it back to the puppy. So the puppy realizes early on that I'm not a threat to your bowl. What I'm doing here is I'm putting something better in and then petting the puppy when he's eating. You shouldn't get a reaction. But again, don't let children bother the puppy when the puppy is eating or playing. Can you take objects away from your puppy? And the key is not to chase. What you're doing, you're inadvertently reinforcing a behavior that you don't want later on. And eventually that puppy is going to become annoyed. There's nothing more fun for a puppy than to have everyone chase him. However, as he starts to get older, he's not going to like it anymore. So encourage that puppy to come over to you and really manage your household so you're not always taking things out of their mouth and chasing after them. Because now you're going to get a puppy that takes things to his crate, underneath furniture, and eventually as they start to hit adolescence, you might end up seeing some red flags, like the red flags that we went over here. So if you have any concerns whatsoever, Whatsoever. Always seek the help of a professional in your area and make sure if you're going to sign that puppy up for training class that that instructor uses reward-based training methods, has lots of knowledge, ask questions, go visit a puppy class without your puppy. If they won't let you sit in on a puppy class, find another one. If you don't like what you see, if the puppies are not having a good time, if the owners are not treated with respect, for example, if you don't see lots of laughter, happiness, uh, maybe the use of food and play, find another puppy class. Get recommendations too. That's important. So talk to your vet. But again, you want to take the recommendation of your vet, but I always tell people, go sit in on a puppy class first. And again, if you don't like what you see, don't go there. So, unfortunately, we're out of time. Just a quick reminder again, our next training session, we're going to do some clicker training. So you're going to need your dog in the next training session, and you're also going to need a clicker. And you can purchase them anywhere online, and a lot of the large pet stores have them. So we'll do some fun tricks in the class and some interesting things I think that you'll enjoy that we haven't done. So I'd like to give, as always, a special thanks to our producers for making the show happen. Also, if you have any comments whatsoever, questions or ideas, let me know. I'm really interested. Just email me at Pia at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, this is Pia signing off. And I really appreciate your interest in Pet Life Radio. Bye. in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.